Hello and welcome to Rachel Unpacked. It's another episode and I am your host, Rachel Medina. Today we are going to talk about finding your joy and really especially having people join you in your joy. Um, So again, welcome to the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at rachelmedina101. Um, Look for me on YouTube, Rachel Medina or Rachel Medina or Rachel Unpacked um, rather. And um, you can look at look me up in one of your favorite podcast channels. You can also visit my website, rachelmedina.com. Click the podcast uh, tab, and you will see all the episodes there. So thank you once again for joining me, and let's get right to it. So I'm going to be talking a lot about my marriage. As some of you may know, um, I was married for a very long time to someone that I was dating in high school, and I became a young mom, and we ultimately ended up getting real married really, really young, um, but we stayed together almost 20 years in that marriage, and so um, throughout that time, I learned a ton, um, not only about uh, being in a relationship with someone else, um, and obviously about him, but I learned a lot about myself, and in trying to figure out my partner um, and make things work with him, I truly learned a ton about myself. And so one of those things that I learned was um, how to find my own joy. So in doing that, um, what happened was I, first of all, let me back up a little bit. So when we got married really young, I am an only child. And so I was used to having a lot of um, not really attention put on me, but really just um, I was just used to expressing a need or a concern. And then there would be someone, whether it was my grandparents or my parents, you know, pay atten- paying attention to that need. And um, and I guess, you know, when you're in high school or junior high or even elementary, um, you make a lot of friends. And I was, you know, quite popular all throughout school. Um, and, you know, so I always had a really great support system. So when I got married, I had this idea that, you know, my husband would be the ultimate support system. And I think society makes us think that, uh, movies makes us think that, and um, and yes, to a certain extent, your partner should absolutely be a, a a part of your support system, but obviously not the whole thing. And that's a whole other podcast, by the way, um, that I'm doing regarding um, marriage. So back to joy. So one of the things that I learned um, because of that young marriage, so I learned it at a really, really young age, is I had to really understand that he wasn't going to make me happy and I wasn't going to make him happy. You know, we could bring each other more happiness as far as complimenting each other but it was not my job to make him happy and it wasn't his job to make me happy um it was our jobs to do the work on ourselves to make ourselves happy and so um one of the things how you know one of the ways that this manifested in my life was i had been married five years at this point And in those five years, um, it was very, very difficult. So there was a lot of good things, but there was a lot of challenges. I think in the first five years, you're really getting to just understand what the expectations are um, and maybe coming to some realizations that 
you know, you're not going to be able to meet those expectations or that the other person isn't going to be able to meet them. That's not really grounds for divorce. And again, that's a whole other podcast. But um, what I found was that I was a naturally happy person. So I was always in a good mood. And I know that that sounds a little bit off, but I'm generally in a good mood for the most part. I mean, I'm human and there's things that hurt my feelings or make me sad or, you know, upset me or frustrate me. But for the most part, I don't wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, So, and, you know, those of you females listening, I don't really have like the PMS thing and the mood swings. I've never really had any of that. Um, And so I'm a little bit different and I do recognize that. So, Um, What I realized was, um, you know, my partner at the time, you know, wasn't naturally happy. Um, He wasn't naturally in a fun, playful mood (laughs) right when he woke up. Um, He, you know, wouldn't come home in in a good mood. I mean, there's a lot of things that were so different than myself. And so um, I felt this really, you know, really tough point in my life where I didn't feel good enough because I was kind of giving and giving and giving out my energy and then there was very little coming back in return although it felt really good you know to be able to give to another person and sort of you know energize their battery but then their battery would go and fizz out in a couple hours and mine would still be fine so um, over time, though, it does sort of diminish um, even your own energy, no matter how bright your spirit is and, you know, your mindset is and all of that. So with that being said, here is something that turned everything around, not only for me, but even for my marriage um, for quite, you know, some time after this realization, um, I realized that I needed to join, I needed him and others, okay, not just him. I'm not going to just keep picking on him in any way. So I needed him and others in my life to join me in my joy. So um, those of you listening who maybe are on the other side of the spectrum, who are those people who wake up on the wrong side of the bed, who have a really hard time getting your spirits up, I hear you, I feel you, I do understand you, and so this is for you also, um, because even you have your good moments, and you have to learn to preserve those moments, and you have to learn how to tap into those feelings and that energy and figure out what makes you feel good, Um, you know, as long, again, as long as it's a healthy thing for you, for you, your spirit, your finances, your relationships, then it's good, um, you know, to continue to tap into that source. So as far as for me, someone who is a happy riser, I guess you can say, um, it was really something for me to learn to hold this standard, to kind of create this, not really a boundary, but kind of a rule for myself, almost like an operating agreement for myself, you know, to really be able to um, say, hey, you're going to have to join me in my joy here. Um, I'm not going to be able to join you in your misery today. Um, Now, that doesn't always go over so well right away for someone who 
stays in that energy and operates in that energy on a consistent basis. For someone that's always sort of seeing the glass half empty, for someone that sees mountains versus molehills, for someone that, you know, the sky's always falling or whatever, okay? So this is how it played out for me and uh, my partner at the time. So I made this decision, and I really made the decision not only for myself, um, but I made it for my children because at the time my, my sons were really sort of young, but they, it was clear that they turned out more like me, sort of happy risers, right? Joyful people, finding the humor and everything, finding the light and everything. Everything was half full, you know, total optimist, just great, the wonderful, wonderful boys. And so I saw that, you know, my partner at the time, my husband at the time, because he didn't have that, as they got older, they started to see that when he was home, it was almost like, you know, we had to walk on eggshells. They, they saw the difference in me, you know, when he was around versus when he wasn't around, um, you know, things like that. And then that started to create a little bit of a shift in them. And my youngest at the time was, um, I don't know, little, little, like a year or something like that. And so um, maybe three years, but, um, but I made the change about five years in uh, to the marriage. And so what I ended up doing was I just decided, okay, he's going to have to join me in my joy. I can't keep joining him in his misery because I have to maintain joy for my sons as well. Um, and I have to nurture their light, right? And not dim it and not make them feel anxious or you know, like there's something wrong with being happy and laughing and playing and stuff like that. So I had a conversation, you know, with my partner at the time and with my husband. And I said to him, look, I care about you. I do care about your feelings. Um, you know, all of those things. And I want you to be happy. And I'm, I've been trying my hardest for five years to make you happy. But no matter what I do or say or, you know, what I cook or wear or, I mean, all madness, right, ladies, we know, we know what I'm talking about. Um, nothing was making him happy. And what I, what I mean by that is um, he had happy moments and I think he recognized, you know, hey, that he had kind of a good thing here. But as far as his energy, it wasn't necessarily coming out as positive. So... It, was, it didn't go over that well. It kind of hurt his feelings. He wasn't sure what I was trying to say. He's like, well, what are you, what are you trying to say? You know, and I said, I don't really know. Um, I just know that, you know, I'm not going to ignore you or anything. I'm just, it's just going to be a little bit different. And let's just see. Okay, fine. So anyways, fast forwarding to the, to the moment where I'm happy. You know, I'm with my boys. We're, you know, at the time we're living in an apartment. And we're having a good old time. <laughs> I forget exactly what we were doing. So then he comes home from work and there's the energy and it was heavy and it was, and the boys were like, oh, you know, we can't, you know, play anymore. We can't do. And then I said, no, 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 come on, let's go. We said, hi. I said, go, go hug dad. We, he, they hug dad. Everybody hugs dad. Okay. Um, you guys can keep playing. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, get the dinner ready and stuff like that. And I wanted them to know it was okay to laugh and play and do all these things, but just to give him some time and space. And we'll talk about that on another podcast as well. But um, that was the first little step. The next, the big, big, big step 
the one that I remember the most, having the most impact, was um, there was an evening where um, it was in the summer, and I said to my husband, hey, I said, we're, um, we're thinking of going to the beach. I'm thinking of taking the boys to the beach, and, you know, tomorrow maybe we can go to Huntington Beach, which is out here in Southern California. And um, he, I said, what do you think? And he said, I don't feel like doing that. It's way too hot. It's going to be way too crowded. You know, I, I never find parking, you know, on and on and on. And all the reasons why it wasn't a good idea. And I said, okay, no, I understand that you don't want to go to the beach. And he's like, okay. And that was it. We went to sleep and everything. The next morning, I got up really early. I put on my beach attire. Um, I went to the boys' rooms, woke them up, you know, got them their water slippers and shorts and sunscreen and, you know, got their beach bags and everything. And they were super excited. We're going to the beach. And we were about to leave. Yes, we were about to leave. And mm, my husband walks out and says, what are you what are you doing and I said oh remember yesterday I told you that um we're gonna you know we were going to go to the beach and he said yeah but I thought we decided we're not going I said no remember you decided you didn't want to go but I want to go to the beach and the kids want to go to the beach so we're going to go to the beach and you're still welcome to join us but we got to leave in about 15 minutes and he looked at me and let me tell you when I say this, this was the first time really that I was doing the opposite of what he wanted. And to some women that might be no big deal, but I was a very catering partner and I was a very considerate partner and it was always really about what made him comfortable, avoiding what made him uncomfortable, et cetera, et cetera, in an effort to keep the peace. So I was risking sort of creating turbulence, you know, with, within the family, and I was a little bit nervous. But I knew that it was important for me to do this. It was important for me to start taking these steps and creating this system. And so anyways, he just looked at me, didn't say anything. He was very, gave me a look. I mean, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> your spouse has a look, right? You know the look. So he gave me the look, and then he just kind of went away into the into the bedroom. And I told the boys, okay, let's get the sandwiches. Let's get the chips and, you know, the snacks and stuff. So we were still loading up a couple bags. And then next thing you know, when we were about to leave, and I didn't go in the room looking for him. I didn't go after him saying, are you okay? It's going to be okay. I didn't do any of that. Um, and then he came out of the room with his swimming trunks, his beach clothes and stuff on, and a hat and everything. And he goes, all right, let's go. Now, he wasn't in the best uh, mood at that very moment. I think he understood what was happening and, um, you know, kind of was making me feel like I was in a little bit of trouble, so to speak. But it was okay. I was I stayed in a good mood. I didn't go into the what's wrong, why are you in a bad mood, why does this bother you. I wasn't going to do any of that, okay? So ultimately, we went to the beach. We had a wonderful day. It was so much fun. We stayed till sunset and fire pit. We did the whole thing, and it was a wonderful, wonderful day. And from that moment on, I never looked back. I just decided what would bring me joy, what would bring my children joy, and then I would do it despite his mood at the time, okay? Um, and if that meant he's 
you know, it's a Saturday and he's just on the couch in a really bad mood, hey, I'd go out to the front and hula hoop with the boys, roller skate with them. Like, and I know some of you parents aren't that kind of parent that's going to go sit there and play with your kids. I was, um, you know, my children, even as adults would say, mom stayed at like five or six. I think I've been upgraded to like tw age 12. Um, <laughs> but I was at like five or six for years. They swore that I was uh, really five or six year years old. So anyways, I do participate, you know, with them and play and stuff like that. So that's just one example. Okay. And you can really apply that to not only your marriage, but also your life just at work, you know, with your friends and things like that, because it's going to completely shift the energy. It's going to shift the energy in your life. It's going to shift your energy because you no longer have to worry about the other person. You don't have to worry about their joy. And I know that that sounds, I don't know. I can see how maybe it sounds, I'm telling you, um, it might sound a little bit crazy, but it's not inconsiderate. It's not mean. It's not selfish. You do truly care about them, but you're what you're caring about them in a way that teaches them to to mean what they say and say what they mean. So, if they say, "I don't want to do this," great. Don't be in a position where you're begging them. Don't be in a position where they know that you really want something, and now you're begging them for it. You don't have to do that. You can sit there and say, okay, I respect that. You don't feel like it. You don't have to feel like it. I don't need you to come with me to do this. That's okay. This right here is making you happy to be in bed all day. That's making you happy. That's okay. But what's making me happy is to go to Starbucks and, you know, the mall or something, you know, so with my girlfriends or, or whatever. I would have liked for you to come, but if you don't feel like it, that's okay. And then go anyway. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of an evil little tip um, that my grandmother gave me, um, my grandma Kuka. She one time said to me when I was barely married, um, you know, we had some little issues going on, and, and uh, she said, you know, if your husband ever goes out at night and, and doesn't, and it's, you know, he should have been back by 10 p.m., and it's now midnight, and he's not back, she said, don't be home in bed in your pajamas when he gets there. And this was in Spanish, okay? I was like, yeah, right. You know, but I think what she meant was, you know, her whole thing was, I don't care if you have to go sit in your car around the block, do not be home when he gets there. And, and it was just her little thing that she would say to me. And it was really funny because I was so young and I thought, there's no way, you know, my husband would be so mad and it would, we would end up fighting and it would cause so much trouble for us and I could never do that. But I, but, you know, as I got older, I understood and it doesn't have to go to that extreme. Listen, if your husband's not coming home on time or at all at night, I mean, you have bigger problems, right, than trying to get people to join you in your joy. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I didn't have that type of problem with my husband or anything, but um, but I did have a, an energy problem. I did have a joy problem, and, you know, and that was very challenging for me, again, because I'm really more of a happy person. I'm easygoing, nothing's like that serious until it is serious and then okay I'll look at it and go okay this is serious and you know what's the solution for that but you know being able to have people join you in your joy is huge and you know you might you might have 
friend, a, a friend or some friends who are very dramatic and, and very, you know, the sky's falling and very, and that's a little bit tough, you know, but you have to just go, okay, when they call you and they're turning to you, you know, if, if you're going to preserve your joy and your peace, you know, you can shine your light on them. Or you can just listen and go, okay, you know, and give them advice. But, you know, try your best to recognize if that's when they're calling you, if the only time they're calling you is just drama, 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 drama. And that goes for social media as well. If you have people that you're following on social media and they're always posting things that are super dramatic all the time. Um, you know, I had a friend, and of course I'm not going to say this person's name, a long time ago on Facebook and they were just always making these super horrible negative posts, um, one-liners, paragraphs. And it was obvious that this person was trying to get their boyfriend or husband's attention. Um, and then it would be, oh, you know, I have a headache. Uh, you know, what a crappy day. Uh, you know, and it's like, I, I just would look at it and go, First of all, why is that the part of your life or the part of your day that you want to highlight, you know? Um, why not highlight the great why – don't, why not change those posts? Oh, my gosh, I just had the greatest call. Oh, my gosh, I just saw the funniest movie. Oh, my gosh, I just had the best, you know, lunch with my, you know, brother. Or, you know, shifting the narrative, right, controlling the conversation – controlling the energy, you know, putting out positivity so that you can get positivity in return. So again, you know, even to that level with social media, having them join you in your joy. And listen, you could be a super happy person posting all these great happy things. I know a lot of people are faking it out there, but you know, at the end of the day, at least they're posting the positive stuff, the highlights, and everybody, everyone goes through problems and stuff like that. But no one's going to show you the junk, right? Um, and if they do, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if they are posting consistently all of these problems, ask yourself, should I be following this person? Message that person, I love you. Oh, my gosh. You know, you're a great friend or you're a great family member or whatever. But what is going on? You know, maybe let them know. And if they say, oh, it's my boyfriend or, oh, it's because my brother or, oh, my mother or whoever – it's like, well, then just message that person, <laughs> you know, why put it out there for them to see or not see or, you know, or phone a friend and vent or whatever. But, um, you know, teach them to expect people to rise up to their joy and not join them in their misery. So it's a really tough thing, I know. But, you know, you can block them. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. And so you have to go into the world preserving your energy and preserving your joy. And it's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes for me, um, when I've gone through really difficult things like a divorce, and there's been a lot that I've gone through, especially in the last 10 years, um, that I tend to, um, what, what's the word? I guess kind of hibernate or I kind of isolate myself a little more. So I'm still pretty visible on social media. My work, uh, the line of work that I'm in, um, you know, requires it, obviously. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm not really out there. I say no to a lot of things. Um, and that's really to just preserve my energy. So if I have this sort of heavy thing looming over me, I still smile, I still laugh, I 
still do fun things, things that bring me joy. I have positive conversations, but I, I find that I can't be around a lot of people. And I think that the reason being is because, you know, people are going through things in their own lives. And then if I have to then take that on, I am a person who cares so deeply that when someone that I care about is going through something, I take on what they're going through. And so if I'm already going through something super huge, I don't want to burden them with it because I understand the power of energy, but then I'm not in a capacity to take on their, their things. Um, and so then it makes me not a very good friend at the moment. So I choose to remove myself. And then when I'm ready, I emerge and then I do the brunches with the girls and lunches and dinners and, at, you know, meetings in the evening or whatever I do for my business and my friendships. So that's when that happens. Sometimes life hits you with things back to back to back. And then it's like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, go to the beach, you know, find your joy. And for those of you who are not, you know, joyful risers, um, for those of you who, you know, have a really hard time with this, you know, like my ex, like some friends that I have, um, I have family members like that, you know, lots of people that they wake up and they really sit there at the edge of the bed struggling with why, what's the point? you know, this, this feeling of like hopelessness or doom and gloom and seeing people like me that are happy and, you know, laughing and, and find the joy in anything. Um, people like me can frustrate people like that and can make, you know, if you're one of those, you know, I understand that people like me can make you feel like something's wrong with you. And that's not at all the case, you know, at the end of the diff at the end of the day, we all go through the very same things, very similar things or the same things. And we just process them differently. Obviously, there is a very real thing called depression and there's chemical imbalances and things like that. But for the most part, we are all faced with the same challenges. We all have to figure out how to make money to provide for our families. We all want love. You know, we all want to be understood. You know, we all want to laugh and have friendships and be joyous. And, and there's all these things um, that we have in, in common, you know, but we process the challenges in our life differently. You know, we all have loss and suffering and struggles, um, but we have to process them differently. So at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, listen, you know, maybe Rachel went through this and which is by the way why I'm doing the podcast to begin with because I found that so many people say oh Rachel but you know you're always happy and I I realized I have to kind of show people a little bit more of what I'm going through so that they can see that they're not alone you know we're going through the same stuff it's just that we're processing it differently and I heard someone say one time you know that pain is inevitable but suffering is optional and when I heard that I oh god I wish I could remember who actually said it when I first heard it but um but I was really like wow that really sat with me because I was actually going through a very devastating situation about nine years ago that I just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel and I heard that and I received it. Let me tell you, I didn't just hear it. I received it. And I knew that's, that's right. That's right. Like, this is horrible. It does hurt. But the suffering part is up to me. The suffering, whether I suffer or continue to suffer, is completely up to me. So there are difficult 
things that will happen in your life and you know you should cry and scream or get mad or whatever get it out give yourself five minutes ten minutes to get it out the day and then get yourself together and get out in the world and find a reason to smile sometimes we have to fake it sometimes smile just because it feels good to smile feels better to smile than it does to just frown and be miserable plus as women you know come on we got wrinkles and things we got to worry about <laughs> so you know, remember that if you're going through something difficult in your life or just as you're handling and processing, you know, painful situations, frustrating situations, remember that, you know, pain is inevitable. So if somebody, you know, real if somebody betrays you in some way, of course it's going to sting you. You're going to be like, uh, but how long you dwell on it and how long, how do you let that grow within you is completely up to you. You know, it could, it could, have a, a life of its own or it could not you know so that's completely up to you keep that in mind um again if you're in a relationship remember that person is not responsible for your happiness if you are dating someone if you're engaged to someone if you're married to someone that person is not responsible for your happiness you are responsible for your own happiness your own joy that person may make you laugh that person may make you feel safety that person may make you feel provided for and cared for, but true joy, the kind of joy that you're really, that we all long for, that starts within ourselves. It is really a mindset and you have to choose it every single morning. So if you're getting up out of bed and you're sitting on the edge of the bed and you just don't feel like any of this is worth it, you have to say, you know what? I am so grateful. And gratitude is such a powerful tool. I always try to leave you guys with about three things to take away. And that's the third one. I mean, being grateful to, so look around, you know, I don't care if your husband just walked out on you or your wife just walked out on you. Um, you know, you just lost your job, you know, whatever it is, you just got a horrible diagnosis from the doctor. You can look at in the mirror and you can say, I am grateful to be alive. I am grateful to have this roof over my head today. I'm grateful to be able to feed my children today. I'm grateful that I don't live in some country where I have to shovel, you know, trash for a dollar a day. I mean, these things exist in the world. And understand that you can be grateful. And when you truly are grateful, you know, your car might have car trouble, but if it gets you to your destination today, say thank Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, or whoever it is that you want to thank the universe and just really be grateful and feel that gratitude. You know, your husband comes home from work that day and he's a little bit grumpy. Be thankful that he made it home. Be thankful that he wasn't running around with some whoever like feel the gratitude. And if you can just continuously do this and see it's work, right? Joy can be work. It's not just people like me who wake up in the morning and we're just naturally happy. I understand it's work. And I think that it's not that I am naturally happy or people like me are naturally happy. It's that we got the work down really quick. We kind of figured it out young and it's just uh, muscle memory at this point. So you too can create that muscle memory for yourself, the muscle memory of joy. And, you know, to wake up, if you're feeling kind of down before you even go brush your teeth, Find three to five things you're so immensely grateful for and then go get ready. Make yourself beautiful, handsome, whatever, cologne, perfume, whatever you want to do. 
get it together, snatch yourself up, look good, smile, go walk down and get your coffee and smile instead of having that attitude of like, don't talk to me until I have my coffee, which is a very real thing. I totally respect it and get it. But you know, if you're actually having one of those days, really try to smile and say, gosh, today it's going to be all right. Today I woke up. That means I have a purpose today. Look, I have these, um, these clothes. Look, I have this job to go to. This is great. So many people wish they had a job. Um, you know, look around your house. Gosh, thank you. Thank you for this house. Thank you so much for where I live. It doesn't matter if you want something bigger and better. Just thank you so much for what I have right now. You know, walk out the door, see your vehicle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this vehicle. There's so many people that have to take the bus, you know, or walk or ride a bike to go to work, um, or worse. Right. And so at, there's people in wheelchairs and all these sorts of things. So thank you, thank you, thank you that I have a vehicle to get me to work. And when you get to work, keep finding those things that make you grateful. Just finding those things that give you strength and that make you smile. So when you feel gratitude, you feel good. Um, I mean, there's no way you could have gratitude and feel crummy. It goes together. So just remember that. And you know, when you're going about your relationships, remember, it's your responsibility to find your joy. And when you, when your partner sees that, hey, she's going to be happy with or without me today, maybe I'll join her over there because that looks a lot better than where I'm at over here in my misery pit. <laughs> Eventually, they will see that. Eventually, the other person will see that and that person will begin to join you in your joy. And you know what? They're going to respect you for it. I, they're not going to say it. They might not say it, but they are subconsciously in their mannerisms. You're going to see they're going to respect you for it. They're going to see the value in you in a different light. They're going to go, well, gosh, I better kind of step it up or get it together because some, of course someone else would want this person who's always happy. I mean, men go to work and they hear other men complaining about their wives. All she does is nag. All she does is walk around in her pajamas with the hair in her bun. All she does is na na na, complain, PMS, blah, blah, blah. So if you're out there finding your joy and you're in, right there in front of them, laughing out loud at the movies or whatever it is to be joyous, putting on your makeup, whatever it is that makes you feel good, your partner is going to see that. They're going to see that and they're going to want to join you in your joy. And so take those steps. Be grateful choose let require that people rise up to you and join you in your joy protect your joy protect your mindset on social media with your friendships in your relationships do these things and i assure you that over time you're not going to lose yourself in your in your relationships you're not going to lose yourself in in your work environments or in your friendships and you're going to feel really great and it's going to be easier to cope with these amazingly challenging things that life throws at you you will see there will be a difference i hope that that helped you this won't be the only time that i talk about this i would love your feedback please leave a comment if you're watching on youtube drop a comment below give me some feedback obviously subscribe and and share with someone that you really think can use this, whether it's a happy rising type of person or a person that isn't, you know, that struggles a little bit, that's okay. Um, you know, send it to them too. If you're listening on the podcast, um, then go ahead and do the same. Subscribe, you know, drop a comment in, you know, in the notes area. Or if you're looking on social media or on my website, please comment, let me know, DM me, um, you know, 
do you agree, do you disagree, or do you have a story similar, share how this has worked for you um, or not? <laughs> Again, there is no right or wrong here. It's just what I've gone through and what's worked for me and, um, and you know, sharing with each other so we can unpack life's baggage together. Visit me at rachelmedia.com or on Instagram, rachelmedina101, or on YouTube, Rachel Unpacked. Thank you again. See you next time.